Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Armchair GMs. I'm your host, Tommy Tellerito, and alongside me today is the NFL insider himself, the number one Drake stand, Jordan Navarro. Jordan, how are we doing on the first day of free, well, official day of free agency in the NFL? Tommy, it's not the first official day, okay? It's legal tampering period. Okay. you know, all these deals are getting signed. It's a, it's an exciting day. I've been hitting refresh on my phone and on my on my computer for the past two hours. Tommy, I have a question. It's legal tampering, which means this is the first time dudes yes. are allowed to make contact. Something seems fishy about that because there's a lot of contracts signed and already short amount yeah. of time. Seems like to me that teams might not be waiting for legal tampering. Something's going on here. We're going we're gonna to get the bottom of this. Yeah, we're going to launch a full-scale investigation into something no one cares about. This is going to be yeah. Tampergate. This is, this is so exciting. Such an exciting day. we got a bunch of contracts to talk about that just got signed. Well, you know, this episode, if, if more breaking news happens, we're going to talk about it right here, right now. We'll roll it in, yeah. But we also, I mean, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk about the AFC North, the AFC North a little bit. But this is about free agency. This is the second yes. most exciting time and the NFL in season, life. right behind week one, when everyone still thinks their teams can actually make the Super Bowl sometimes. You talking okay, to me? Maybe, maybe not Patriots fans. You talking to me? <laughs> is, that a, is that a shot at me right now? Possibly. Um, I, you know, you said NFC North, AFC North. We're going up north. We're going to the, not quite to the six, a little bit below it for some of these uh, teams. I think we got to start off, though, with um, players that already signed today. I think that's how we got to kick things off before we get in the NFC North and AFC North. Um, give me the biggest signing so far in your eyes. <clears throat> By my team, yours truly, the San Francisco 49ers. I was, you know, Tommy, let me set the scene. I just came back. I got some Chick-fil-A. I was on my way up to my apartment. I get an alert on my phone that Javon Hargrave, formerly of the Super Bowl uh, appearing Eagles in the NFC, NFC champions, is going to the 49ers. Four years, $84 million deal, $40 million fully guaranteed. Massive, massive signing. The San Francisco 49ers. Javon Kinlaw is about he's worth as much as a sack of potatoes. And the sack of potatoes might be harder to move off the line than he is. So to get the number one defensive lineman on the market and to take him from one of our main competitors in the NFC in the Eagles, it's just it's humongous. I mean it's it's a great signing. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't expect us to do a whole lot. I was shocked. I was so shocked. You had a happy afternoon, I'd say. Or, yeah, is yes. afternoon there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's a big signing for an NFC um, conference championship appearance. I think that's great. Um, what? Uh, and then, you know, Mike McGlinchey, he is going to leave San Fran. I think that's probably the second biggest signing of the day right now. A uh, huge deal to Denver, $87.5 million. Um, He's getting fifty million guaranteed, which is a lot, but he's a solid uh, lineman. You know, what do you think of that signing for Denver? He's a great run blocker. Um, don't look at the pass blocking tape; it's not pretty, but he's great at run blocking. He, you know, helps the Denver Broncos 
offense, I think, a lot. And as much as I give him crap, he is a very solid offensive lineman. He deserved to get paid. I think it's an overpay. But in free agency, you're always going to overpay, especially a guy that's coming in at the top of the market. So, you know, I think it's great for Denver. And, you know, we'll stay on Denver and their offensive line. They also got Ben Powers, who's a great guard out of Baltimore. So, you know, Sean Payton knows they need to upgrade that O-line, try to give Russ some more time, and also try to establish the run because Ben Powers and McGlinchey, who I think are both going to play on the right side of the line, it gives them a lot of run-blocking prowess on that side, and they're going to be able to establish the run. That's what every NFL coach loves to do. Sean Payton's loves to do it, and, you know, I think this is going to help Russell Wilson just be a better quarterback if they can hand the ball off and effectively run the ball. Javante Williams going to go crazy is what I'm hearing. Hopefully. 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 One can only hope. But, I mean, I like you said, you got to bolster up the offensive line a little bit to let Russ cook, I'll say. I, I don't let, know if he's Let still- Russ mediate. We're no longer letting him cook. Let him <laughs> yeah. serve. Let Russ yes. serve. The yes. food will be prepared beforehand. He's no longer he's, the chef. He's like the runner. and the You know what I mean? Like, he grabs a – yeah. Um – uh, other signings, Jimmy G, Bob, that's probably the latest finalized one. He's going to Vegas, three-year deal. Uh, he's getting $67.5 million, $34 million guaranteed. I'm not the biggest fan of this signing uh, by the Raiders, especially because they're in the division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson. So right off the gate, I feel like at the quarterback position, I know Russell Wilson a down year, but they're still bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I'm not a big fan of this. I think this is, out of all the contracts that have been signed thus far, um, the one that makes the least sense. Um, I get that Vegas wants to kind of retool and still contend because they're bringing back Josh Jacobs. They still have Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. Still have a solid O-line. So you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think is very close to Derek Carr. But we just saw what you could do with yeah. the same type of quarterback who Derek Carr probably has more arm talent than Jimmy Garoppolo. He might not be as accurate of a distributor of the football like Jimmy is. But roll with Stidham, man. Embrace the tank. I know that you want to try to compete. But assuming Russell Wilson does get better and he's not an absolute turd like he was last year, you have the fourth best quarterback in the division still. The fourth best team in the division still. We just saw you guys load up and the divisional race was over by Thanksgiving. So, I mean, I feel like this is just a waste of money. They should have rolled with Stidham, seen what they, you know, seen what they had in him for a full season or, you know, draft a guy at seven or whatever and just, you know, went from there. Yeah, I completely agree. I thought, you know, maybe they draft someone, maybe like a Stroud. Uh, it has been rumored kind of since they knew where they were going to draft. Maybe this is a the guy they're going to go after. But like you said, they're trying to do like a mini retool, like not a rebuild but they're trying to piece things together. So we'll see how it goes because I I don't want to count them out just yet because, I mean, Josh McDaniels as coach, it's kind of like you're probably going to end up bottom of the division, but you never know. We see the Chargers like to implode. That's going to be Kansas City's division as usual, so we'll see how they fare. Uh, other deals, we got Cameron Sutton. Going to Detroit, $33 million. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. man. They missed out on Jalen Ramsey. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. There are some trades yeah. that happened. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, before we talk about Cameron Sutton, the, 
the the Lions missed out on Jalen Ramsey. He went to the Dolphins. Um, he got another twenty five million guaranteed on his deal on top of the twenty he was supposed to make. Uh, he went to Miami. The Rams got a third round pick and tight end Hunter Long. Now you don't know who tight end Hunter Long is if you're listening to this because I don't know who tight end Hunter. No one knows who has, Hunter Long he has is. three career catches. That was a salary dump and a half. I'm surprised no other team, literally any other team in the NFL, didn't offer more. But maybe the Rams are doing Jalen Ramsey a solid because he won a championship with them and just sending him where he wanted to go for no matter the cost because they just want to, you know, get rid of get rid of his salary. That's probably what that was. But the Lions missed out on him. Um, Tommy, how do you feel about that Jalen Ramsey deal? I think it's it's good for Miami. You know, you're pairing up with him and Xavier Howard, who Xavier Howard, since coming to the league, I'd say arguably has always been around a top 10 corner when uh, he gets into a stride. Had a little bit of injuries last year. It bolsters that secondary a lot, which Dolphins gave up a lot of points some games, and they'd come back and win some of them. But I think this is going to help them get in a lot more competitive games where they don't have to rely on just throwing the ball outright and being like, hey, Tyreek Hill, go run 50 yards downfield, and it's a touchdown. So I think it's going to help them there. Uh, I'm I'm sad to see him come to the AFC East. You know, that's a, a great cornerback duo. But I'm kind of shocked that that was the best deal. I'm going to be honest. You're telling me Detroit couldn't offer anything better than, what was it, a third-round pick in Hunter Long? And, yeah, I mean, I feel like, this, like yeah. I said, I think it was just, you know, sending him where yeah. he wants to go. He wanted to go to Miami. Um, but, you know, I cut you off when we were talking about Cameron Sutton. And that was a great – I felt like it was a great segue because we are talking about the corner position yeah. and we said the Lions need to get warm bodies. It doesn't matter who. Yeah, and they and got a I warm body. The signing. Yeah, I love the signing of Cameron Sutton. I think he's a very solid player. He's not a sexy pickup. He's not a Jalen Ramsey, but he's a very solid corner. Gets paid three years, $33 million, 22 and a half total guaranteed to help that Detroit corner room. They, God knows they need it. So I think that's a good signing. Um, Tommy, we had, we had a couple corners sign. Um, the other guy, Jonathan Jones, he stayed in New England. Two years, $19 million, nine and a half on average. He got $13 million guaranteed at signing. How do you feel about that one? I like the signing. I'm a big fan of Jonathan Jones. I thought he had a solid year last year. He struggled a little bit in both games against Stephon Diggs. But other than that, I think, you know, he did his job for a corner one. Other than him, the secondary, you know, wasn't the best. You know, Devin McCourty's gone. He's retired. I'm hoping they bring back Jabril Peppers, so it's going to be probably Jonathan Jones or Jabril Peppers as kind of the staples in that secondary. Draft a corner. You know, they really – they draft well on the defensive secondary. They always have. They still have Kyle Duggar. I think it's a good deal. You know, we've seen – a lot of teams have overpaid for Patriot corners. You know, we saw J.C. Jackson looking like an overpay. Stephon Gilmore hasn't been himself compared to what it was in New England. So I think Jonathan Jones fits the system really well. We got a good deal on him. I think it's going to end up pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like that he stayed. Uh, no one, uh, I don't. Did you guys release him? No, I believe. Uh, you just didn't tag, we him, gonna, didn't tag him. Yeah, we weren't going to yeah. tag him. Well, I told you, you know, this is a good draft to need a corner, and yeah, uh, to to get Jonathan Jones back and be able to still draft a guy is is phenomenal. Um, Danny Johnson, corner. He's staying with Washington, two years, seven million. But we have a, a some more notable signings, I guess. We have a couple. 
D lineman, offensive lineman, Connor McGovern going from Dallas to Buffalo, three years, twenty three million. Um, huge. I think yeah. it's a low key signing, but Buffalo hasn't needed offensive line help. I think Connor McGovern's a very solid offensive lineman. He's the type of signing that, come the end of next season, no one's going to remember him signing with Buffalo. But Cowboys fans are going to remember him leaving Dallas. And, you know, he's not a, he's not flashy. He's a solid workhorse interior offensive lineman. He doesn't get beat very often. I think that's a great signing for Buffalo. And this just happened, breaking. Jawan Taylor, This um, he's going from Jacksonville to Kansas City, four years, $80 million, $60 million total guaranteed. So what about those two signings, Tommy? Um, I'll talk about the McGovernor one first. Um, Cowboys have always had really solid centers. You know, you look before him, it was Travis Frederick, who was an all-pro. McGovernor didn't reach all-pro, but he was still an anchor on that offensive line because it was him and Zach Martin right next to each other. Zach Martin's one of the best linemen we've ever seen, interior linemen. I'm interested to see how's he going to do when he's not next to maybe an all-pro type guy like uh, Zach Martin. But I think he's going to do great in Buffalo. I think it adds to their offensive line, which is very necessary. I think at times he saw Josh Allen get into a lot of pressure, and you see him trying to scramble a little bit, so he's not going to have to use his legs as much. And then you said the next one was Juwan Taylor. Yep, going from Jacksonville to Kansas City. That's I think it's a solid deal. Uh four years, eighty million. It's they didn't want to pay Orlando Brown. What do you I mean Orlando Brown's gonna get a huge deal. I think it's a good replacement and as as long as you have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, I it's still gonna be a problem. Yeah, um I love that signing for Kansas City. That's a massive blow to Jacksonville. Um yes. was a really solid tackle for them. And, you know, they just kind of got that offense turned around. And now Trevor Lawrence is going to have a new right tackle. And, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to be hard to replace Juwan Taylor. I think he's very solid. And, you know, he got paid, obviously, um, second biggest uh, tackle deal that we've seen today. But that they're going to have to find an adequate replacement for him. You can't just put anybody over that right tackle and, you know, get that same level of production. Definitely hurts Jacksonville a lot. And then we had uh, Shy Tuttle going from New Orleans to Carolina. I like this. This is a low-key signing for Carolina. I think the defensive line is the strength of that that defense. He's a nice piece to put next to Brian Burns and uh, Derek Brown. Three years, 19 and a half. He got $13 million guaranteed at signing. He deserves it. And the other offensive lineman I want to talk about, Tommy, it's a guy that not not everyone talks about. Um but we talked about him for Comeback Player of the Year. And Nick Gates, coming off that horrific leg injury, he got himself back onto the field last year. Going from the Giants to Washington, Tommy, he got paid. Three years, $17 million, 80, or $8 million guaranteed. I, I couldn't be happier. This is the happiest signing. Like, you know, Javon Hargrave obviously made me happy as a Niners fan, but seeing Nick Gates get $8 million guaranteed, Seeing him get another contract in the NFL after what happened is it makes me very happy. It makes me smile. Yeah, and you know, I think he's gonna be really missed in New York. He's a solid interior guy for the Giants. And you know, the Giants have always had trouble with their offensive line. 
but he was kind of like that safety blanket for him when he was on the field. So yeah. I think he's going to do well in Washington. Uh, he's not going to make a lot of flashy plays in the offensive line, but you're going to see a lot of great run blocking out of him because I think that was a key for why Saquon looked as good because he was picking up a lot of blocks. Uh, like you said, though, he snapped his leg in half. That's basically what the injury was. And the fact that he's able to walk again and play football is just amazing. Yeah. And just, uh, just a couple more to end it off. And uh, obviously, I'm going to have to spell track up. I'll keep track of anything that breaks. Um, we've got Rayquard McClennan, uh, McMillan going back to New England. He resigns. Um, and another linebacker. TJ Edwards going from Philly to Chicago. He was the first free agent to sign in a tampering period. I don't have the exact numbers on his deal. I think it was three years, uh, around 20-ish million. Yeah. But he was a star linebacker for Philly. He uh, did a lot for them, and that helped Chicago tremendously. Uh, how do you feel about those two signings? How do you how do you think TJ Edwards helped Chicago defensively? And obviously your guy resigned with, with New England. Uh, I'll start out with Edwards. You know, he had an amazing year. You saw him make a lot of good plays throughout the year and in the playoffs, I thought. I think it's a he's going to be an anchor for the Bears. He's I think he's going to be a leader behind uh, some of these other veterans that are on the defense. He's going to be that modern-day guy. I think he's going to make plays. He's going to, I think, coming to his, like, he's going to have a bigger impact, I think, on Chicago. You know, we saw Philly, he had an impact, but they still have so many defensive playmakers. You know, you look at the secondary, they had Bradbury, they had Slay, they had Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. So I think you're going to see him stand out a little bit more. Um, and then McMillan, solid signing. Um, again, for me with New England defense, I feel like if they fit in the system well, it's system, it's it's most likely the system. You know, a lot of defensive guys have walked away from New England and they don't look as good. So if they fit the system, and I think it's a good deal, I believe he only got what? Um, what was it a million? Yeah. Yeah. It's only a million for one year. Solid signing. I, I don't see why you wouldn't bring him back on a deal like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I completely agree with you. It's just one of those, you know, if he fits the system, he's been there. Yeah. Why not bring him back for the cheap, you know, if because we know with New England, maybe you New England isn't relying on star players at every position. You know, sometimes you just need the guys that buy into the culture. And I feel like he has he also has experience in the AFC East, you know, he plays for Miami, so he, he has experience with those teams. Um that was instant reactions from the people that have signed inst my instant reaction to these early signings is although I think Chicago did a great thing with T.J. Edwards, I'm looking at Jawan Taylor being off the board, Mike McGlinchey being off the board, and I'm worried. Um, the tackle market was kind of thin as is. I feel like the two uh, two of the three best tackles are off the board. The only one that's left is Orlando Brown, and it's kind of like a do-or-die now for Chicago. Um, yeah. I feel like they have to get him. Which I think – I think they're going to make a huge deal for him. I think it's whether Orlando Brown wants to be part of kind of a rebuild or if he instantly wants to win. I think that's what's going to be the big decision. But um, and Go ahead. And to segue, because we're going to be talking about the NFC North yeah. and AFC North today, uh, just to segue, I, since we're talking about the Bears first, I want to go ahead and talk about the insane trade um, that the Bears kicked off. Yes. Yeah. 
uh, free agency with. So, you know, we have defensive end, offensive tackle as their two biggest needs. Obviously, we just talked about Orlando Brown. They're in a very solid spot to get an offensive tackle now, Tommy. They have the ninth overall pick. If you've been sleeping under a rock, they had the 101, thanks to Lovey Smith, Bears legend, Lovey Smith. Tommy, they traded the 101 for the ninth pick, a 24 first, I believe, a 25 second, um, 23 second as well, and DJ Moore. I mean, talk about what you thought about because, I mean, when I saw it, I thought this is a really good package. And then instantly I said, well, DJ Moore, you know, he's going to get a quarterback. I didn't even know. Yeah that he was a part of the trade yet. I was saying that because I thought that uh, Carolina, Carolina Carolina was, and then I saw that he was included in the trade and I lost my mind even more because he's yeah. not only going to get a quarterback, he's going to get to play with Justin Fields, who I think has been disrespected a lot. This is a guy that completed 70% of his passes in college. He's only going to get better in the NFL. And if Jalen Hurts can make the leap and Josh Allen can make the leap, I'm willing to bet on Justin Fields making that leap. Now, DJ Moore is not an A.J. Brown, but he's a very solid, very good wide receiver, and I think this was just a great package. I I thought it was, you know, great set of trade. Or it was a great trade for Chicago. I mean, Carolina, we kind of talked about it last episode. You're going to overpay a little bit when you're getting that number one pick, but in, your guy, in Carolina's situation, it's worth it. It's worth it to go out. You know, you're in that rebuild phase. Go out and get Frank Wright his own personal QB. None of those bridge quarterbacks. For Chicago, adding DJ Moore onto that trade is leaps and bounds way better. I mean, the picks, having all those picks is amazing as it is. And then you add a star-studded wide receiver one who his first two years in the league, he looked phenomenal. I think his his first year was Cam Newton's last year in Carolina maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He looked great even with that, and we know how Cam Newton looked. And then the, the second year, I forget who was there in Carolina, but he still looked amazing with them. So I'm excited for DJ Moore. I'm kind of shocked that he ended up in Chicago. For some reason, I thought he was going to end up in Green Bay. I really did for I a while. I think everyone did because yeah. I, I saw this, and I saw that they didn't want to take a first for him. Yeah. And here's the thing, Tommy. It was between – Adding a 25 first, apparently, or DJ Moore to the trade. Ryan Poles wanted DJ Moore. Carolina wanted to add a 25 first. Ryan Poles didn't budge. Carolina did. Well, Tommy, if that's what he was worth, you know, in sense, what he was worth, we're talking about a 25 first or DJ Moore being in the trade. Um, Why was he not moved at the deadline? That I don't know like, if Carolina wanted to try to keep him, so if they did compete for that last playoff spot. That's what I'm thinking, but honestly, I don't know. I mean, this is – there's not a Trevor Lawrence in this draft class, so that's what worries me about this trade for Carolina. It's, you know, it's it's a lot to give up for a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud. I love them as prospects. They're not generational like Trevor Lawrence is. Or even I feel like Drake May and Caleb Williams in the next class, I feel like they're better prospects than both of these guys. Uh, But – like we said, we need to get Frank Reich his guy. You know, don't try to get Jim Garoppolo or trade for Aaron Rodgers or whatever. You know, get him his guy, and they did. So I applaud them for that. But for Chicago, this was perfect. 
Ryan Poles yes. did an unbelievable job. They still have seventy five million in cap space. That's gonna be a little bit lower now after the TJ Edwards signing. But Tommy, they are loaded with picks. The nine, the fifty three, the sixty one, the sixty four, the one oh three, one thirty three, one thirty six, one fifty, two nineteen, two fifty nine. I mean they just have a ridiculous amount of picks. At the one oh nine, they can get an off at the tackle. I would love to see them get uh Peter Skaronski. Um they can always go get a Jaden Reed in the third or fourth round to get another receiver. But you've got Justin Fields, a top 15 wide receiver. You're looking to get him offensive line help. You're going to rebuild this defense. They're off to a phenomenal start. They need to yeah. keep this momentum going, but they're off to a phenomenal start. And one thing I want to mention, you know, DJ Moore's been in the league for a while, but he's only 25. He's only he's still only 25 years old. He's had amazing games. He's had, I think... The past two years were kind of shaky with him just because of quarterback play. But I'd say the first two, two and a half years, really great. You know, you got young talent with him, Justin Fields. So at least Claypool is still young who can turn things around. You got Darnell Mooney who's young. You got uh, Kilo Herbert, maybe David Montgomery coming back. A lot of young offensive talent on the Chicago team. Yeah, not to, you know, not to mention Cole Komet, um, great young tight end there. I, a lot of talent, like you said, and I think DJ Moore, again, I think he's a top 15 receiver in the league. Yes. I think he's been overly disrespected because of his lack of counting numbers. But the guy has put up 1,200 yards from scrimmage like pretty much every year he's been in the league. He's you know The touchdown numbers are what has held him back. I think he's a very smooth route runner. He's a true traditional outside receiver, which they don't have right now. I love this for the Bears, and like we said, offensive tackle, defensive end, their two biggest needs, $75 million in cap space, in negotiations with uh, Mike McGlinchey. I'm sure they had talks with Juwan Taylor, and they will with Orlando Brown. So they're on the path there to get a guy on top of with the ninth pick, you know, looking at the, the prospects that are over there. So I think they're off to a phenomenal start. Um, going to another team, talking about the Lions. We highlighted corner, defensive tackle, they signed a corner in Cameron Sutton. Still have the 6, 18, 48, 55, 81. Those are their notable picks. Um, how do you think the Lions are doing so far? How do you think they, they line up after the Cameron Sutton signing? I think it gets them uh, their need at corner. They probably need another corner. They need to sign or draft. The secondary is still a little iffy. Um D-tackle, I think, can be system with them. They can draft a D-tackle, I think, in the later rounds. The one big thing is tight end. You know, they gave up TJ Hawkinson. There are some notable tight ends in this class with Gasecki and Schultz. I would not overpay him, though. You know, Schultz was looking for, I want to say, he wanted to be paid more than George Kittle. So it's like, all right, you're probably going to miss out on him. If they can get Mike Gasecki on a really good deal, this is another offense that can be scary because you have one of the best offensive lines in football. You have a two-headed monster of a running back crew of uh, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. The wide receiver room, I think, is solid. You know, you got St. Brown. I think they're going to try to bring back Chark on a good deal. I'm interested to see where Detroit goes after getting this corner. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm with you. I think they definitely need to probably draft inside another corner. Um, I would love to see them get Christian Gonzalez in this draft class. I think he's a phenomenal corner prospect. I don't know if they'll be able to do it at six. I feel like they might be drafting a little too high. They might uh, they might take a quarterback there just to groom after Jared Goff's gone. But 
I think they're in a great spot. Uh, I don't think they have that. I mean, obviously they need to pump town in that into that defense, but I yeah. think the pieces are there and the coaching is there that they're going to continue to just get better and better. And the talent what they add is just a you know a plus on top of what what they already have. You figure out the corner situation and get some defensive line depth. They'll be good there. They need a linebacker. Um, I'd love to see them get a linebacker or two in this draft as well. But offensively, they're pretty much set. And right now, um. The next two teams that we're about to talk about have huge, um, huge holes, huge question marks. You know, the Bears are ascending, but they're still they're they're probably a year or two away from really making an impact. And Justin Fields has to make a leap for them to get there because Justin Fields is going to continue to just be a, an average quarterback who's better with his legs and his arm. Then they're not going to compete. So the Lions right now look to be in the best position of any team in the NFC North. Going to the Packers, Aaron Rodgers said he wasn't going to hold them hostage. The Jets. All the quarterbacks are off the board. All of them. Jimmy Garoppolo was probably your fallback option for Aaron Rodgers. He's off the board. Mike Aaron White Rodgers is holding gone. these two teams. Yeah, Mike White going to Miami. So Zach Wilson is the only quarterback on the roster right now. And for the Packers, you need to clear his cap space to go, you know, try to do something. He's holding you hostage. The Packers need a tight end, need a wide receiver. Um, Probably need a, another, you know, a couple more pass rushers situationally. And you need to help that uh, secondary a little bit in the safety room. But we got to let this Aaron Rodgers domino fall. And he's holding these two teams hostage. It's actually insane. Yeah. And I I just couldn't believe, like, it's been taking this long to decide whether or not he's going to be traded or not. At some point, you got to make a move. I don't know what the holdup is. But I'm interested to see what happens. One thing I will say, if him staying, I think it means that they're going to try to compete. But if you're keeping Jordan Love as and you want him to be starting quarterback, you got to do somewhat of a rebuild, I think. Because I don't think they're going to be able to compete with Detroit and Minnesota next year. Well, here's the thing, Tommy. He's you know, in his third year, fourth year sitting. You got to figure out what yeah. you got with him. You know, his rookie contract's about to be up. If you, you know, if he does actually, which I, you know, I don't think it's highly likely that he actually ends up being a yeah. starting quarterback in the NFL, but on the off chance that he is, you're not going to have much time until you got to give him a second contract. So you got to figure out what you got with him. And Aaron Rodgers is doing what Aaron Rodgers usually does. Everyone is on his time. And yeah. the Packers have pretty much come out and said, we don't want him back. Well, if you feel that way, and the Jets feel the way they do, and they want Aaron Rodgers, why is Aaron Rodgers hold all the cards? I mean, I know why. You know, there's no trade clause or whatever, but, I, I mean, this is insanity. Because the Jets could realistically be left with Jameis Winston or a Baker Mayfield. Yeah. You know, if you really don't want to play Zach Wilson again, which I don't think they do, and I don't think anyone wants that. And the Packers, you could be left – you know, we nothing. don't know when Aaron Rodgers get. If, yeah, what if he wants to come back? You can't say no. You know, you're yeah. gonna take that cap hit and release him. So you're gonna you're gonna just let him come back. Or if he wants to retire, who knows when he'll announce that? So I, I, they have needs tight end. You know, they need to add some weapons for Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers, whoever is gonna play quarterback, safety. But they can't do anything until Aaron Rodgers is gone or has come back or whatever. So moving on to the next team, the Vikings. 
I saw what you put on the needs tab here. It made me chuckle. The entire defense. Yes. Um, Harrison Smith, more likely than not, on his way out. They've already released Adam Thielen, Eric Kendricks. It's Darius Smith wants to leave now from the defense. There's nothing there. Um, nothing. Daniil Hunter, pretty much. That That's pretty much it. Um, they probably need to go and draft another receiver. I don't think they need to go out and sign a guy. So I do think they should just give KJ Osborne a shot at wide receiver too. Just draft a young guy. But yeah, defense. I mean, that's the Vikings' biggest need. The offense. We see we've seen what the offense can do. I think they're gonna get better second year under Kevin O'Connell, but Tommy. I mean, talk to me about this defense. I mean, there this is probably one of the worst defenses I've seen in recent years where they they were a playoff team, which is insane. Because the offense was so star-studded, and then the defense was like – it was like a Pop Warner team on the defensive side. That's how it looked like. Their best corner is probably gone in Patrick Peterson. He, I think he came out today with Adam Schefter and said, yeah, I'd like to play in Cincinnati. So he's not coming back. And he was, what, 36 years old? So yeah. it, you just got – you got to do something. These next picks in this next draft – all should be on the defensive side. There is no reason, I think, besides wide receiver, maybe to draft a receiver. Other than that, there is no reason to go get an offensive pick. Go bolster <laughs> up that defense. Get them all on rookie contracts. I mean, this this defense is terrible. And, you know, they released some of, you know, Harrison Smith, solid safety, up there in age. Eric Kendrick, you think with those two on the defense, they would have had – probably around, like, I'd say top 20 at least defense. No, they weren't. I mean, it is this this defense is terrible. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, and I, I think it's just you have to get it to league average with that offense. I think you can yeah. compete. And, uh, you know, I think they should trade Daniel Hunter and brace the tank on the defensive side of the ball. It's not like him being on this defense with the lack of talent is really going to do that much anyway, and I think they could get a decent package for Daniil Hunter. Um, yeah, they, I'm with you. Every asset, every cent, every draft pick needs to be used on the defensive side of the ball. Apparently, they're having talks with a, an extension with Kirk Cousins, so that tells me that Kevin O'Connell wants to still compete. So go ahead, do that. Everything else needs to be on the defensive side of the ball. And get Justin Jefferson his money before that becomes a drama-filled episode yes. as well, because you don't want to see him leave, or you're really going to have some issues. And, um, you know, last thing about the Vikings for me, I felt like this past year, I think that might have been their best chance. I really do. I don't know if they can re-bolster the defense that much and still make a long run into an NFC Championship or a Super Bowl. I think the offensive side of the ball is really talented, but I think when it comes to those late games in the playoffs, I don't know if the defense would have been able to hold up. Well, absolutely not. That's why they lost to the Giants. I mean, the defense was not a playoff defense, but the NFC is rather weak right now. A lot of talent leaving to the AFC. So, you know, depending on how quickly they can turn the defense around into league average, that'll depend on if they can compete compete or not because if it's going to take them three years to get a competent yeah. defense then you know Kirk Cousins is going to be on his last legs but if they can do it in the next year or two then they, they have a chance to be better um but for probably the next year or two it's going to be on Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins to kind of 
carry that team to relevancy. Um, speaking of carrying, let's go to another team. Uh, oh, this this is in the AFC man. North. Lamar Jackson. I mean, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, yeah, they're gonna let the guy that carried them into free agency, I guess, and the only non-exclusive tag. We talked about them ad nauseum the last couple episodes. The owners are colluding. I was, um, I don't this care is what collusion at its finest. I, I mean, I get that you're not gonna, you're not gonna come out and say that we're gonna try to get Lamar Jackson because of which you know whatever incumbent quarterback you have, you don't want to piss them off. But it's a 26 year old MVP, and there's no offers for him. It doesn't make it's sense. Just, it makes yeah. no sense. I don't know what the Ravens are gonna do. You know, they need receivers terribly and they need edge rushers and they need to kind of rework that offensive line a little bit on the left side um they have a decent amount of cap space they have the 22nd overall pick but anything they do is going to be meaningless if Lamar Jackson leaves like the one thing you have to do is bring Lamar Jackson back and they're not even showing 100% conviction in doing that so to me, you could go get DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup. You could go get whatever wide receiver you want, whichever pick one. Hell, you could go get Justin Jefferson from Minnesota somehow. If you don't bring Lamar Jackson back, it doesn't mean a damn. Yeah. I I think you you summed everything up right there. And on the fact that what I think what pisses me off the most about this situation, the day that uh, Lamar Jackson – no, they, it was announced, non-exclusive tag, so if teams want to go after them, they can. The Atlanta Falcons put out, or they uh, it got leaked. They're not even going to make an offer to Lamar Jackson. You're telling me a team like Atlanta is going to pass up on a former MVP, has been to the playoffs three times, maybe four times, who has had every season in the NFL – a great NFL season. He's done it both with his arm and legs. You're telling me a team like Atlanta is not going to need that? You're telling me Desmond Ritter is that good? Come on. It's yeah. it's just insane. It's the same thing. Look at Carolina. Look at how much you yeah. gave up for the 101 to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or, you know, people are saying they might take Anthony Richardson at 101. Let's talk about Anthony Richardson. To take a guy, if they, you know they did, in fact, which I don't think they did. I think it's C.J. Stroud. But if they did go up to get Anthony Richardson, you're telling me you gave up everything, D.J. Yeah. Moore, all those picks, to get a guy whose best outcome is Lamar Jackson. Maybe. Instead of just signing Lamar Jackson and giving up two picks? Are you crazy? I don't believe it for a second. And they can, you know, I respect what the Ravens did, right? They said, Lamar, we're not getting anywhere in our negotiations. We're going to give you the non-exclusive tag, let you go out there, see what you can get. What I don't respect, and people say, the thing when everyone says it's collusion is, well, you're not going to say that you're going to go out there and sign him and piss off the quarterback you got. I get that. But logically think about it. To not even make an offer, to not even go talk to the man is asinine. And it can only be because he wants that much money. He wants a Deshaun Watson contract. That is the reason they don't want to talk to him. They want to make a point 
that fully guaranteed contracts are not going to become the norm in the NFL because owners don't want to have to put that much money in escrow. They don't want that to become the normal. They don't want owners to have to pay more money. That's why in the CBA, we need to renegotiate these things. This is the most violent sport, American sport, there is. These guys have the shortest careers, yet they're the only American sport that doesn't have fully guaranteed contracts. I'm glad you brought up the full and guaranteed thing because, you know, we, we've both said baseball, you know, they're kind of stuck in the past a lot. This is where I think football stuck in the past. Every other sport in America, they're giving fully guaranteed – or not fully guaranteed money, but they're giving guaranteed money. I know Lamar wants a lot of guaranteed money. Is it fully guaranteed? Is that what he's looking for? Well, we don't know. We don't yeah. truly know. If I was going to say – If it is fully guaranteed – I mean, yeah, sure, that's a lot. You know, you don't want to yeah. give him a Deshaun Watson contract, and Deshaun Watson was extremely overpaid, and the Browns are a terribly ran franchise. But to not even make an offer, Tommy. It's it's insane. It's pathetic. I, I it's honestly pathetic. think if, um, if Snyder is out in Washington, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes, hey, here's your full guaranteed money, Lamar. I think that's the only way would, he's getting full guaranteed. I really do. I would love that. Um, but, yeah, for the Ravens, for their sake, I hope they didn't do this knowing that teams wouldn't make offers. I hope they didn't. But part of me thinks they did. Um, I don't think Lamar wants to leave Baltimore. No. I think he just wants to be paid. And like I said at the top of this, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you assemble the 2,000 Ravens defense again and get the three best wide receivers, the three best running backs in the NFL. If you don't have Lamar Jackson on this roster, you're not going to get a quarterback in the draft or trade for one unless, you know, Patrick Mahomes comes onto the market that is good as Lamar Jackson. And the thing is, if he does stay in Baltimore – I'm excited for the offense because he's going to be able to air it out. I will say that. But if he if they are going to keep him, go get yourself a receiver. Maybe go get yourself an Alan Lazard. Trade for Hopkins, something like that. Maybe even go out and sign Thielen to a good deal. you got to get something to bolster up some weapons for Lamar. Yeah, I mean, you have Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews. That's it. That's the only two weapons. And I, I like Isaiah Likely, but he's the second tight end on this yeah. roster, you know. Where, you know, where does that really lie in targets? He's not going to get a lot of them. So, yeah, if they keep Lamar, wide receiver, edge rusher, you know, those things are definitely needs. If you don't keep Lamar, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't. Yeah. And then um, anything else? We talked about Baltimore a lot, I feel like, the past yeah, couple we keep, episodes. Yeah, we keep talking about yeah. Baltimore just because they keep making this dumb yeah. mistake. I don't know why this man hasn't gotten his money yet. Yeah. But, yeah, moving on to a team that has – Everything under control for the most part. They're just trying to figure out if their running back is a terrible person or not. It's the Cincinnati Bengals. He probably is a terrible person. Um, yeah, probably. I, um, it's about ninety-five percent chance. I don't want to talk about what Joe Mixon has done. I think he's going to be a cap casualty for just on-field reasons, and maybe you know the off-the-field reasons maybe are going both. to be the, yeah. the the tilting point. But. They need a safety. Jesse Bates is out there. They need to bring that man back. But it looks like he's probably going to get priced out of their range. Uh, they could always use offensive line help. Uh, they, you know, 
three of them got injured in the playoffs. Yeah. Getting some depth there and getting a replacement for Joe Mixon or, you know, bringing in someone to be a duo with Joe Mixon other than Samaje Piran is definitely on the list of needs. But I think the Bengals are going to have one of the quieter off seasons because I just don't think there's a whole lot for them to go out and do in free agency. Yeah, and they kind of spent big last year on the linemen. That was their one big need is linemen after Joe Burrow got sacked seven times in the Super Bowl. But, you know, safety and uh, I'd say safety and corner. You know, the corner is still okay. It can get better, but I don't think it's going to get that much worse compared to last year for them. Running back situation, you're probably going to cut Joe Mixon. You know, he really hasn't had that great of a career in Cincinnati besides one season, so it makes sense to cut him. You got Pirine, who uh, I think is also a free agent, I believe, right? Um, I'm not sure if he's a free agent or not, but, I mean, he's – I think they'll probably yeah. bring him back even yeah. if he is. And, honestly, I think um, you, you're going to see him sign someone, I think. Um, maybe they will draft someone. But there's one – there's a couple names out there that I think would be interesting – like, if they go out and try to get maybe a Chase Edmonds or a Kareem Hunt, maybe a, a Leonard Fournette, I think you might see a, a solid running back like them sign with Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I, I like those shouts, Kareem Hunt, uh, Leonard Fournette. I like Jamal Williams as well. I think he'd be an interesting one. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, finding a Jesse Bates replacement, since I think he'll get priced out of their range. And kind of showing up the running back room. Those are the needs there. The Browns, they just restructured Lamar, or not Lamar, Deshaun Watson's contract. Now, Tommy, let's talk about this restructure for people that don't understand it. Yes. So when you restructure a contract, it's pretty much kicking the can down the road. You open up cap space in that year, but you raise the cap hit in the following years. So, Tommy, it was, I think, $53 million a year, something like that. His cap hit this year now is $19 million. They... Sure, I think they opened up like $36 million in cap space, so it gives them a lot of room to work with. But his cap hits for the next couple of seasons after this is $64 million. That's obviously guaranteed because the contract was fully guaranteed. Now they can restructure again next year and the year after and the year after and the year after. They could raise it as much as they want as long as he's on contract. But opening it up this year allows them to go get a wide receiver. Um which I don't, I don't think they will. Um, they have Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones. They could use a slot guy. Go get another corner. The defensive line needs to be uh, kind of restructured. Jadavion Clowney didn't do a whole lot. So they, they need Shocker. to kind of get some more depth in there. Yeah, get some more depth, get some more pieces. Show up the linebacker room a little bit as well. They don't have a lot of picks, so freeing up that, that cap space and free agency was definitely needed. But kicking the can down the road with Deshaun Watson is a very dangerous thing. It's dangerous, but honestly, I think it might have been the best thing for them to do. I think they're they're going to have to sign some guys to this free agency that fit the system. You're not going to be able to go out there and get the best guy for your, or the best guy on the market. And trading for DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think is the best idea for him, just because that's another huge contract to take on. You already got Amari Cooper and Peoples Jones, who are, I think are both solid. You know, they're they're like you said, they maybe need to be a slot guy. But you can get a lot of slot guys. There's a ton of slot guys out there in the draft, I feel like, and in free agency. So it's it's a dangerous move kicking the can, like you said, but I think it's the best move to make for him right now. 
Yeah, and you know, it's there's not going to be a situation where he is not on the rounds because they've pretty much put all their eggs into the Sean Watson basket. So definitely shore up the defensive line, get some secondary help, and a linebacker too. That's where their money should be spent. But I think it's just interesting because, you know, I think he's the clearest. He's a great example of what the Saints and Niners and teams like that, what they do. You're kicking the can down the road when you restructure these contracts. The bill may be not, you know, it won't be due this year. It might not be due next year for them, but it's going to get to a point where the cap hit will be so extraordinary that you got to live with it. And, the, you know, if you get void years, everyone talks about void years. If they start to add void years to that contract, what that does is as soon as he's not under contract, you have to pay all those void years at once. So it can get to a situation where he's, you know, taking up 50, 55, 60% of the team's cap. Um, if it gets that far and if they keep, you know, kicking the can. So it is – the Browns are an interesting team to watch because of that Deshaun Watson contract. And I – not so – oh, go ahead. I want to add one more thing with Cleveland. Just – it probably hasn't been talked about a lot. It is a rumor right now. There's possibility Nick Chubb might be moving on from Cleveland, which I think that's the biggest loss for the franchise right now. Nick Chubb has been a security blanket of a running back for him. So if they lose them, they're in a really more tough spot. Yeah, and we've talked about how this offseason was going to be transformative for the running back market. There's so many good rookie running backs in this draft. There's, you know, next year's draft class is looking kind of solid at the top for rookie running backs as well. And you've got all these guys hitting free agency. There's going to be a lot of committees formed. And if Nick Chubb is gone, you're not paying him, which is good. You don't want to really pay a running back. But it would be the loss of a kind of a, I don't want to say franchise icon, but I mean, for the modern day Browns, he has been a, a, a staying point. He's been a, a pillar for that franchise the last couple of years. And, you know, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but we have said, or not have, we haven't said, but we've heard that, you know, they want to run that offense through Deshaun Watson, get their money's worth pretty much. So it wouldn't shock me. No. And honestly, I think if you're going to do that, maybe you do bring back Kareem Hunt on a solid deal because I think Kareem Hunt, you know, he's a good passing back. Add him in with Deshaun Watson. You mu- you have a recipe for success right there, I feel like. Yeah, and then for sure. We'll talk about the last team in the AFC North, a team who's always solid, somehow always manages to finish above 500, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, this franchise needs a lot right now. They got needs almost the entire defensive front, I'd say. But they also need a little bit of work in the secondary. Along, they do need to – they have to have work on the offensive line, and the receiver room's not great. So where do you start first for Pittsburgh? Um, I'm a man of you start in the trenches. You know, think of the terrible towel stealers as the defense, and their defensive line, their defensive front, has just kind of aged themselves out. So they definitely need to get younger on the defensive line. And I think that's where they should use most of their picks, most of their the money that they do end up creating on um, this cap space definitely needs to go towards the defensive line. And I think if you can get a good defensive line, like we said, a good pass rush helps a weak a secondary, and they don't have a weak secondary. They have Mika Fitzpatrick back there. Um, they are losing Cameron Sutton, but, you know, 
the Steelers are great at drafting wide receivers, and I feel like they're really good at drafting corners as well. So I'm not entirely too worried about uh, their their ability to to replace his production and get better there. Receiver wise, I don't think they need to use a first round pick on a receiver. I know Jordan Addison said he'd love to go to Pittsburgh. You got Deontay Johnson, you got George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth. I think Najee kind of turned the corner from his injury at the back end of last year. So I don't think the the weapons on the offense is that big of a concern. Obviously add a guy, but they're getting Calvin Austin back, who they had in the last draft. I think he's going to be an exciting player to watch. Um, he's got some juice. He's really electric. He's a, he's a good receiver in Memphis. I think they're going to give him every opportunity to win a job out of camp, and I think he can be a weapon for them that a lot of people forgot about. But yeah, you know, add a, add a day three guy for the wide receiver room. But definitely the the trenches, the defensive line and the offensive line is where they need to put most of the work in. And do you start with the offensive line or defensive line? Because, you know, you got Kenny Pickett under center now. Uh, I think you just – I don't think Kenny Pickett's a quarterback you build around. No offense to Kenny. I just – I don't think he has that generational upside or even an all-pro upside at the quarterback position. I think he's just, he can be a very solid starter, and I think with that fact, he's going to be a guy where if all the situation and all the you know all the situations correct, if the situation is very uh, conducive to him, you know, conducive to a good quarterback situation, right? Like kind of like San Fran, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Just a good quarterback situation, he'll play well. But he's gonna he's gonna be a guy where everything has to be going right for him to keep the the car on the road and be a game manager. So I think you got to start on the defensive line. And you know I think there's one reason for that. He's got small hands. <laughs> yes, yes, he, he has small hands. He's got small hands. You know we talked about it last year. His hands are going to be the downfall for his NFL career. No, that's not the real reason, but. I'm, that's that's it for NFC North teams and AFC North teams. I don't think there's then been any more major deals since we've been talking about the North. Has any come through for you, Mister Insider Navarro? Um, I'm just I'm looking. Uh, the Bengals just resigned Jermaine Pratt. Um, so I talked about them potentially trying to you know help their linebacker core a little bit. So keeping Jermaine Pratt is uh, a good signing. Really nice. Really solid. Uh, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing any big ones or any signings. Yeah, I'm not really seeing anything that we've we've missed. Um, Case Keenum's going to Houston. I, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. I they missed the out on thirty five. The thirty five year old. Davis Minnesota Mills, pretty Mir- much. Yeah. <laughs> Minnesota miracle. Um, uh, also Trey Chase Wingo. Winovich. Oh yeah. The, so, yeah. yeah. Chase Winovich going from Cleveland to Houston. Listen, if Nico Ryan's is signing him, I have faith in him. He's a Michigan. That's man. what I think. Yeah. Any defensive player that gets signed to Houston is obviously a good player because D'Amico Ryan's only coaches good players. You know what I mean? This is a complete yeah. rumor. Um, so take what I'm about to say with an absolute grain of salt. Um, I'm going to refresh really quick just to see if I can get F five, F five, F five. I'm not, uh, 
All right. Okay. What are you cooking up down there? So, okay. So let's talk about a deal that just had, just actually happened. Josh Oliver going from Baltimore to Minnesota. He's getting a three year, $21 million deal. He gets 10.75 million guaranteed. One of the best blocking tight ends in the, in the, in the NFL. Thank God. I love to see him getting away from Baltimore. <laughs> it means maybe they're not going to run QB power all the time. Uh, but he helps the Vikings a lot. Helps their run game a ton. Um, I love that. This right here, I don't know if it's a, if it's confirmed. I haven't seen Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport tweet about it. Trey Wingo, uh, Trey Wingo just tweeted nine minutes ago. Let's He's go. hearing that Let's Aaron hear Rodgers to the Jets is done. Wow. Uh, that's all I've got from that tweet. He's hearing that it's done. Now, that's Trey Wingo. That's not Adam Schefter or uh, Ian Rappaport. Uh, but Garrett Wilson then tweeted two minutes later, I can finally enjoy my vacation now. Uh, so uh, maybe he's he's done worrying about who his quarterback's going to be. He can finally enjoy his vacation. But that's the biggest rumor. So talking about that, we said that Aaron Rodgers holding them hostage. If the deal is indeed done, that's great for both teams. Um, because yeah. if, if the Jets miss out on Aaron Rodgers and he goes back to the Packers or retires, they're screwed. Um, with a capital S, uh, screwed. They, I mean, they terrible. It'll be the worst thing to happen uh, to the New York Jets ever. Maybe. Uh, I mean, they might as well bring Joe Namath out of retirement. He, you know, probably play a better quarterback than than Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean, anything's better than Zach Wilson. This is, uh, I mean, this is huge. I don't, I don't know if it's a hundred percent true, like you said. So, I'm, I'm skeptical a little bit. But, I mean, if they are trading him, what is Green Bay getting back? You think? Because we've talked about nah. Aaron, Aaron getting traded, but we never talked about okay, what is the Jets giving up? You know, I think it's probably going to be a first or a second okay. or something like that. Um. Just if I had to guess. Now, I also said, you know, mind you, that I said, you know, if you're trading the 101, if you're the Bears, you're looking for pick swap in 23, and 24 first, and 25 first, and they got pretty much that plus DJ Moore. So, you know, I always kind of undershoot things. They could be getting Quinn Williams and, you know, six first round picks for Aaron Rodgers. We don't know how desperate the Jets are. It is the Jets. They could be, tra- they could be trading 75% of ownership. To the Green Bay Packers for Aaron Rodgers. Who knows? You never know. I'm I'm uh I'm refreshing every every second on here. Okay, Ian Rappaport just tweeted. Well, Aaron Lemming a minute ago said that Ian Rappaport on NFL Network that has said that nothing has happened as of now between the Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. So this again, smoke show, smoke screen. It is F five season. You know, there's there's always rumors, but that's the biggest thing that I've seen on Twitter and on and on Reddit. But nothing else. No other deal has really happened that we have missed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is there anything I, that that I'm missing? 
I don't see anything that you're missing. We both got the same chart up, I feel like, right now, right? You got the Spo track one up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that that uh, – what was the last one we said? Chase Winovich? Yes. I think that that's was... probably the last one. Uh, maybe uh, uh, Keyshawn Nixon back in Green Bay. That was another one we might have missed. Um, that was huge. Yeah, he, you know he's a really yeah. good kick and punt returner, and he's electric. I mean, yeah. The Packers, yeah, the Packers, their special teams was struggling a lot before he got yeah. there. So it's great for him to to stay in Green Bay. Other than that, I'm not. I'm not. And you know, I, I let's talk about some of the people that are still out there. Um, Orlando Brown. That's probably – would you say that's the biggest free agent right now? Yeah, probably in terms of – you know, yeah, probably. Um, God, he needs to be a bear. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. He needs to, he needs to be a bear. So I guess we'll go position by position here just to kind of, you know, take a, take a quick look at what's left. Taylor Lewan, interesting to see if he'll retire or if he'll uh, – He'll play again if because he has said that he wouldn't play right tackle because you know people asked him if he'd go to San Fran he said he probably wouldn't play right tackle. So Which is fair. Randall Brown, Taylor Lewan, Donovan Smith, Graham Glasgow, uh, Rodney Hudson probably the best center on the market. Jason Kelsey has said he's coming back. I'm pretty sure we all yeah. know he's going back to Philly. Uh, George Fant, Justin Pugh, um, just to name a few. That rhymes. Got Jawan James from uh, from Baltimore, right tackle. So the the uh, the offensive line market's still healthy. Still some names to be moved, but at the top end, it's kind of a uh, it's cleaning out a little bit. Um, you have anything to to, to add to that to that market? Not for the linemen. Uh, uh or I'll say quarter or running back and receiver. It's pro. It's still the same. I think the only running back taken's been Mike Boone. Uh, he went yeah. to Houston, so that market's the same. Tight end market, I think, is the exact same. Uh, defense, um, I think each market's still solid for defense. You know, there hasn't been a huge sign. Maybe uh, TJ Edwards, that's a big linebacker off the board. But other than that, I don't see a lot of bigger names on the defensive side, unless I'm missing one. Yeah. You know, outside of Javon Hargrave being signed, I do think you're right. I think a lot of the uh, middle-tier guys have been signed. Uh, Bud Dupree out there, Leonard Fournette, Frank Clark, um, Robert Quinn, Yannick Ngwakwe, Jadavion Clowney, Matthew Ioannidis, uh, Ashawn Robinson, Larry Ogunjobi. There's there's a ton of defensive end talent still out there. Uh, Puna Ford, Samson Ebukam. Uh, did, uh, did David... Uh, Onimata, did he sign? I thought I saw a report saying he was going to the Falcons. Um, I didn't see a report yet, but I it think, might be coming I in. Think I, I think I saw earlier today that he was going to the Falcons for like three years, uh, $30 million or something like that. Um, I'm pretty sure that happened. Let me go. Let me go check. Because that he's a very good, very solid defensive tackle. And if he goes from... The Saints to the the Falcons. That's huge. Um, while you research that, 
I'll, uh, I'll read off some of the top names that are still available. Uh, you know, we talked to, like you said, Orlando Brown, Bud Dupree, Thielen is still available. Luan is still available. Uh, Leonard Floyd got released by LA. You know, we kind of said that he was going to get released. Uh, I think it was last episode, maybe two episodes ago. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to bring up, you know, we talked about Cam Jordan in the last episode. We thought he was going to make me a cap cut or trade. They actually restructured his deal. I believe it was today or yesterday. Yeah, it was today, early today. Yeah. So that's, I think it was a good restructure. Um, another uh, big guy out there, I feel like Zach Cunningham is also out there from Tennessee. Uh, Deion Jones, he's a free agent. Marcus Peters, a free agent. A lot of older veteran guys in the defensive end are still in free agency right now. Yeah, I, I was right. Uh, David Animata going from the Saints to the Falcons. Um, gets a three-year deal there. Very solid. Helps Grady Jared in that defensive line a ton. And he still has a $10.1 million cap hit for the Saints. So he's getting paid to play for the rival team. Um, and Chris Lindstrom, uh, Lindstrom from the, the Falcons got his money. Five-year 105. I mean, great deal for that guy. Um, love to see the big fellas get paid. Very happy for him. Atlanta also added Johnny Smith today for a seventh-round pick. Um, not very exciting because Atlanta doesn't throw the ball, but he works well in the run game. That's what they want to do, run the football. Uh, we've talked about the defensive line. I have an update the, the on second- the Rodgers situation from okay. Schefter. All right. So Schefter right. um, also he said uh, nothing's been done yet between the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, but the Jets are cautiously optimistic. So nothing's done yet. Okay. So they, they – uh, they might, they, they they're, might they're have, talking uh, about things. Yeah. They okay. might have released their hand a little too early. Hey, hey, Garrett Wilson knows something. Yeah. He said, you should see the smile on my face right now. I can they finally the enjoy head. vacation. They, they did. The they're trying to get him to, hey, he knows something. Yeah, something's so, up. So, talking, we, we talked about the defensive line a little bit. Yeah. He's left there. Oh, obviously, we're going to miss some names. I mean, there's a ton of guys out here. Um, defensive back market, kind of an interesting one. Sean Murphy Bunting, uh, Jamel Dean, who I think is probably the top corner there, hasn't been signed yet. We've got Rocky Sin, Jabril Peppers, um, James Jordan. Bradbury, Vaughn Bell, Jason, uh, Jesse Bates, Jimmy Ward, Jordan Poirier, Ronald Darby, uh, Marcus Peters, William Jackson, Shaquille Griffin. There's a ton of talent in the secondary market. So, obviously, these are just the first guys to sign that we've talked about. But free agency, we've still got a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of people to sign and get through. Might have to do another episode later this week. You never know. Shit, Um, we have to do one tomorrow. Yes. Who knows? You never know. A lot of safe, a lot of, I feel like, Good value safeties are out there. You know, Bates, uh, he's going to lead the way. But Jimmy Ward and Jordan Poyer, they're older, but I still think they have a couple more years of value. You're definitely not going to overpay them like uh, the Von Miller deal. So I'm interested to see where they go. I think they're both – I'm going to try – I think they're both going to try to end up going to contenders or maybe Ward signs back with San Fran. So I think that will be interesting. Well, uh, the 49ers don't want 
we 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 brought back Tayshawn Gibson, who played really well for us in yeah. the back end. I think if we do bring back Ward, it would be to play nickel. He doesn't really want to play nickel. He wants to be paid like a safety. So I think if his market doesn't develop, he hasn't ruled out coming back to San Fran to play nickel. But um, he deserves to get his money. He's a great player, and I won't be upset either way. Uh, I guess the last thing we can touch on, Tommy, if you have anything to add. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, the last thing we can touch on before we uh, wrap this episode up, obviously, you know, there's names we miss when we're going through this list. I mean, they, we a won't miss players. them when they sign. Yeah. yeah, we won't miss them when they sign. We might miss them right now, just naming them off, but we won't miss them when they, when they sign, I promise you. Um, Austin Eckler requested a trade. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm a little conflicted about it because, yes, he does deserve some money, but then again, he came out and said – I'd like to have a joint running back committee. So are you really going to pay Austin Eckler like a top back if he wants a joint running back room? That's where I'm a little bit confused Uh, about. I see where there's a little bit of a a standoff between the contract. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Here's my thing. This is – we're both huge fantasy football players. This is the disconnect between fantasy football and actual football. Because while Austin Eckler might be fantasy running back one, he might not be in the top 10 yeah. in actual running backs. He's He has a nose for the end zone. He's very good at scoring. But he's not overly explosive. He's a really good pass catcher. But he's just an okay running back. I don't think he's an engine for an offense. And I think he's going to want to be paid like that. And I don't think the Chargers are going to pay. <coughs> excuse me. I don't think they're going to pay him like that. That's where I'm conflicted. It's it's the disconnect between where I think he perceives himself and where maybe the casual fan perceives him and what he's actually worth. Yeah, I mean, if he does get traded, um, what are some teams you think that could end up making a move for him? I don't know because there's so much talent at the running back position through the draft and free agency right now that I think it would be asinine to go out and trade for Austin Eckler before you see where the rest of these pieces fall. And I think the running back market will be the slowest developing market just because I think it's the least valuable position in the NFL. Um, or I won't say least valuable because it's very valuable to have a good running back. The most replaceable position in the NFL. So I think these guys, they're just going to have slow developing markets. Um, but Atlanta would like, when I heard that news, that's the name that popped into my mind like instantly. I know they have Tyler Algier. And, but we know Arthur Smith would love, would love to be get a true committee, and Austin Eckler would fit in Atlanta really, really well. Um, and I, I just think that's the team I could see doing something like that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Al Jerry, he had a solid rookie year. I believe he ended up getting over a thousand yards. Uh, he was kind of a backup for most of the year. I think, um, you know. I like Algieri, but I don't know how much he raises your offense. That's a thing. With Eckler, I think it adds another dynamic to the offense. 
where, okay, you got to worry about things a little bit more. But I, I don't know. Like you said, with a lot of people view Austin Eckler as a great running back because of fantasy. But if you take fantasy football stats out of it, I don't think he stands out nearly as much. Yeah, no, he, he really doesn't. Yeah. Um, like I said, he has a great nose for the end zone, and I'm not saying he's bad. I just think there there are running backs that I would rather have over Austin Eckler. I can name, you know, five, six, seven of them, maybe even ten if I really sat down and thought about it. And I just, you know, he's going to want to be at paid top of the market probably, and I just don't think he's worth that. Yeah, and, you know, Chargers have to worry about Justin Herbert's coming up on a deal. They gave Mike Williams a really huge deal. Um, Joey Bosa, I believe, on a huge deal, right? Yeah, not to mention they just restructured Khalil Mack, Joey yeah. Bosa, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. They restructured all of them. So, like we said, you're kicking the can down the road. Yeah. Their cap hits are even bigger now in the coming years, and they still haven't given Justin Herbert his contract. So they really don't have the flexibility to add a big contract for Austin Eckler. Yeah. And I I just don't see him getting a long-term deal done. Maybe he does get traded, but I think that's one you have to wait and see. I feel – I didn't even know that they were working on a contract. I'm going to be honest. After all, like, the free agency rumors, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, I'm not seeing any more deals coming in right now. Are you? No, I think that – I think we're done for right now. Yeah. I think we kind of hit a slow point in free agency. I have a feeling it's going to pick up later tonight. Usually free agency oh, starts. Yeah. Usually yeah, free agency picks up during the evening. You know, we see see it in every sport, you know, uh, NBA, MLB, they kind of pick up at night. So I think we just have to wait and see. Is there anything else you want to add for this episode? No, this was a fantastic episode. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Um if there's massive deals, massive trades, I'm going to try to convince Tommy to get back on here tomorrow or whenever. I, I mean, it's we're my gonna, spring break, so I can I can get back on here. We're, we're going to try to stay on top of it because we didn't get our preview done uh, before free agency started, so we're having to kind of backtrack, talk about these teams while also accounting for what they've already done. So we're going to try to stay on top of the news, break down what we think is, you know, the impact of all these signings and trades. So, uh yeah, break it down I'm, I'm from a fundamental now. standpoint. That's what from we're from a fundamental standpoint. standpoint. I'm super right. excited. This is this is favorite time of the year for you. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, but that is going to do it for us today. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Armchair GM. We hope you guys enjoyed, and we will probably be seeing you very soon. Yeah. Peace.